the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into our third hour today, it is a privilege and delight to welcome an old friend back to our airwaves. He is one of the most well-known and respected conservative legal scholars, Dr. John Eastman. Not only does he have a law degree from the University of Chicago, he has a Ph.D., which is why he's referred to as doctor, from um, the Claremont Graduate School in, in Political Philosophy. He has represented some 17 different parties before the United States Supreme Court. He's clerked for such judges as Michael Ludig and justices as Clarence Thomas. I don't know how many times he's testified before the House and Senate, more than he or I can count. He was invited by the Federalist Society to speak at ASU Law School today to a chapter of their chapter of the Federalist Society on issues having to do with executive authority and public health during a pandemic. But he also represented the case uh, of the president of the United States post-November 3rd and spoke for about three minutes, I think it was, in Washington, D.C. at the January 6th rally, prompting his invitation at ASU to be denounced by the dean of the law school here at the ASU School of Law, saying that Dr. Eastman or John Eastman, is um, beneath the standards of ASU law. I don't think they could rise to the standards of John Eastman. John, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but welcome to the show. Well, and I was happy to do the program because, you know, the students are acting like the the most adult people in the room these days, contrary to their faculty and their administrators. Uh, and and you know they they wanted the program to go on. There were over 125 people on the program. Uh, terrific discussion. Very good questions. And uh, you know, I mean, th- this is what we're supposed to be doing. It's helping students learn the law. Uh, so I was happy to to uh, continue with the program, despite the rather scurrilous attack on me by the dean of the law school. Let's talk about that for a second, and I'll have you back on executive authorities in times of a pandemic, because I'm just blown away by this assault on free speech, particularly at places that you used to think of would be more respectful of these kinds of notions of free speech and academic freedom, primarily law schools. Um, what What is it that you did that so offended them? I saw your speech at the Capitol uh, on C-SPAN. I, I got to tell you, I, I don't think it was anything different from a different political philosophy, to be sure, than the kind of thing Chuck Schumer would say at five rallies in a given day or AOC or anyone on the – I just don't know what the big deal was. What the hell was the big deal, John? Well, I, I, I dare to question the validity of the election. Uh, we've, we've got confirmed violations of state law by election officials in several of the key contested states. We've got a forensic audit of a voting machine up in Antrim County that shows votes were flipped in the machine. Um, and it, it, it's the same allegations, by the way, that Stacey Abrams made in 2018 in a sworn complaint filed in state court down there challenging the results of that governor's race and her concern about the machine. So, no, it's, but, but what I've decided we've gone beyond is like we're recovering the old English law 
of seditious libel. Mm -hmm. Uh, The greater the truth, the greater the libel. Mm -hmm. Because if you're speaking the truth about fraud and corruption in government, then government is even in greater disrepute because of it. Well, we threw that off back in 1787 right. uh, and, 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 and rejected the notion of seditious libel altogether in, in 1800. But this seems to be what they're bringing about. You're not allowed to speak ill of the government, at least the government they claim won the election. And if you do and someone does something stupid or foolish, they will blame you for incitement to riot. Right. Rather than the people that violated right. election law right. that created the problem in the first place. Yeah, no, it, it's rather extraordinary. It's Ta- clear-cut protected First Amendment speech, but people don't seem to care anymore. I really invite people to look at what you said, because as I said, it was to me it was nothing, you know, one could argue with you or disagree with your perspective, but it was certainly nothing <laughs> that I haven't heard for 40 years at political uh, protests and rallies. Honestly, it, 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 it raised no eyebrows. I, that, that, I don't mean to criticize you. You're a very eloquent man, but I think you take my point. When I say that, uh, there was no intent to incite or, or do anything other than state the case you were representing, correct? That, that's right. And look, look, uh, the Supreme Court's got very well-established jurisprudence on what constitutes incitement, sure. which is not protected by First Amendment. Sure. It's in a case called Brandenburg versus Ohio. Right. What I said and what President Trump said does not even get close to that. But we don't live in, ter- in, in times when people pay attention to the facts or the law. You know, it's just they're making it up as they go. Tell me about the position you were promoting with regard to what the vice president should have or could have or might have done. Do you mind outlining that for a moment? Well, here's another, you know, because I think it was misstated, as I understand your Uh, case. Well, yeah, exactly misstated. Uh, The New York Times claimed that I told the vice president he could simply declare President Trump to be reelected. That's that's the 180 degrees opposite. There had been legal scholars that had made that argument, uh, uh, and of course that was floating around as part of the discussion. You just but I specifically one. told him without legislators uh, certifying the alternate slate of electors, you really can't do that. But what you could do and need to do is delay the proceedings by a week or so to let the legislators who have been asking and telling you that their electoral votes were illegally cast to let them finish their investigations and determine whether the illegality was sufficient to alter the results of the election. That's all he was asked. And anybody can watch my speech on January 6th yep. and the president's speech on January 6th and see that that's what he was asked. That, that That's basically, as I understand it, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, that was basically the position Ted Cruz had, wasn't it, roughly? Well, Ted Cruz wanted a, a commission to set up okay. and look at it okay. rather than the state legislature. Okay. But yeah, Effect- yeah, very similar. Esse- effectively taking a week to hear out what these electors had to say in their yeah. observations. And, and, and then go one of two ways. It? That's right. And why did we need the extra week? Because the governors in those states refused to call the legislatures into special session despite their pleadings. Uh, and now they were coming into regular session so they could actually do something on their own. John, what happened to uh, the give-and-take understanding of the First Amendment that, I mean, even if you look at the facts of the of the Brandenburg case where they did not find incitement, I think that's important to point out, the Brandenburg case itself found no incitement, where it was about a Nazi who was telling people to march on Congress, by the way, right? They are yeah. now having um, the president strung up uh, through an impeachment trial on this. You are being condemned on this. Whatever happened to the old liberal notion, William O. Douglas, 
Free speech may indeed best serve its high purpose when it induces a condition of unrest, creates dissatisfaction with conditions as they are, or even stirs people to anger, quote, unquote. What happened to that? Well, I, I, I just don't think there are any more honest liberals anymore. Even the ACLU is, is not, you know, has become partisan in how it views these things. The only, the only honest liberal out there, it seems to me, is Harvard uh, professor emeritus Alan Dershowitz, who is just, who is just uh, fit to be tied over what he sees going on. And, and he's right about that. Uh, it, you know, I mean, what they're trying to do is shut down any opposition vote. Now, you know, I think that means they're afraid that if we actually are allowed to talk, maybe the things we're saying are true, and that will make them uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen such an article of faith of things you can't investigate or talk about, which you would seem, if you had confidence in your case, you would not fear. Right, exactly. What? And I, you know, over a month ago, I said Vice President Biden, now President Biden, uh, should want this uh, light shined on the election conduct as much as anybody, because otherwise his presidency will be under a cloud. Yeah. And if they're so confident he actually won, they ought to welcome the full-scale audit and, and uh, uh, review. But, they, no, they've been fighting at every turn, you know, opposing subpoenas, um, uh, shredding ballots in some instances. Uh, it, it, it really is it really amazing what we're seeing happen here. Uh, it, John, you know the Supreme Court. You've litigated in front of them uh, any number of times. You've clerked for one of them. Uh, what's your sense of the composition's understanding of First Amendment absolutes, or at least when it comes to political speech? Do you think they take the position of of the modern academy and the modern political realm, or do you think they're still pretty strong on this stuff? I I think they're still very strong on it. And uh, uh, you look at even some of the cases that I don't think think were protected speech, like you know, the animal, animal flash videos. And, yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, I don't even think uh, the, uh, the, that, that Westboro church was, I think Alito had that right. I don't know if you and I agree. I think Alito that. had that yeah, one right yeah, as well, yeah, but, yeah, but he was yeah. writing alone. In yeah, both of those yeah, cases. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a much more absolutist view of the, of the first amendment than we've ever seen. We'll see how, uh, the court deals with these cancel culture cases when they get up there Good. and whether they hold true to that. I hope they do. Good. Well, you're always welcome here, John. We, we seek to much. rise That's to your standard. It's good talking to you, sir. Stay strong. Pleasure to be back on your show. You betcha. You. God bless you, John Eastman. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960, your show here on out. Tom and Scottsdale, you've had the patience of Job for waiting so long. Do I have that? Is that the expression? Patient. Wisdom of Solomon, patience of Job, I think. That's it. Tom, thanks for waiting. Oh, you're welcome. It's uh, been a joy to listen, especially to your Josh Hawley letter. That was incredible. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's someone to watch, man, I'll tell you. That guy's got... Uh, Aristotle's first virtue, right? Courage. Yep. We need fighters, and uh, if we don't have them, that's, that's the end of that. So my question to you is, uh, if we don't resolve our, the integrity of our elections, then, then that's it. And uh, it does, uh, everything does seem to point that there was some fraud. We may never know how much. So my question was uh, the the one silver lining, and then there are actually more than one, is that we won, we picked up the state legislatures. We currently have the GOP has 31 state legislatures. 
which is just shy of giving us two thirds. Yeah, which right. would be enough. Right. It's for about sixty percent. Last I looked, does that sound right to you? Something like that. Sixty-two percent. Okay. Okay. But but then in the other states, we we hold either the House or the Senate, so we certainly have a, a very very real opportunity if we wanted to amend the Constitution to fix the voter uh, to fix. And, and I would only suggest uh, an amendment to the Constitution to specifically uh, address, vote, you know, voter integrity. You have to you have to be a citizen. You have to have identification um, and limit the amount of mail-in ballots, because if we don't limit the amount of mail-in ballots, um, it's over with. But it, it, there just doesn't seem to be a spine out there to hold a constitutional convention. Um, the Constitutional Convention is a tough haul in my own sense in reading of it. Just it's a heavy lift. But why do we um, – why can we not rely on our state legislatures to propose legislation to make these fixes state by state where, where it is the state – you know, the state purview to basically manage their elections? Uh, so there's a piece of legislation, at least one that I know of pending in Arizona's uh, uh, chambers – on you know signature verification or validation, but why couldn't why why can't we call on the state legislatures and expect them to fix things like unsolicited mail-in ballots and voter ID and that sort of thing? That's what I've been pushing for. I, that would be a lot easier than a than an Article Five convention, wouldn't it? It would definitely be easier, but on a national level and a national election, it seems like that's something that actually belongs in the Constitution, seeing as it's been completely abused. It would be an awfully heavy lift is my only concern, Tom. I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree with you on the merits of the case. I, I just it's 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 just seems to me such a hard thing to do. My my preference would be for us to uh, do it at the state level where we can. The 62 percent of the legislatures that we that we have now uh, have something like a wave midterm election in two years, which I think we can be poised to do. Where we take back Except if the voting systems aren't fixed by 2022. Well, I think I th- yeah I know, but I think I think I think we can, and I'm not I'm not cynical enough to think we can't overwhelm uh, uh, with a great victory as things stand now. I'm just not convinced that we can't. I think we can. I think we can. Yeah. I mean, we picked up seats in the House. We 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 do have an evenly divided Senate. History tells us if we play our cards right, we could easily take back the House and Senate in two years easily. If the voter integrity is sure, there. Sure, sure, sure. And I think I think we're going to be a lot more on – Sure, sure. But I just I, – I mean, Mark Zuckerberg's out there paying hundreds of millions of dollars for people to go ballot harvest and do everything which is barely legal to go and get to go and get ballots. I, 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 right I, now it's legal. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Tom, how we're going to have a constitutional amendment in the next two years. I just don't see how that is potentially possible. Yeah, why would why would he, why would anyone even have to meet? Why couldn't it be over Zoom call? Why couldn't we call the uh, the head of the House in each state and the head of the Senate of the thirty one states that we control? Uh, it could happen in three weeks from now. I just I just don't read it that way, buddy. I just don't. I just yeah. don't think it can. I mean, and think about think about what takes place and what transpires and how you have to have the rules set for such a constitutional convention in that manner and in that method. I, one of the things I worry about in, um, in uh, 
Well, it's probably true in liberal circles as well. I don't focus as much on it. One of the things I worry about in Republican circles is kind of what I would guess – I guess I would call it kind of leapfrogging to the hardest thing possible. Uh, That is the heaviest lift possible with uh, zero history of ever having been accomplished when we have, you know, at our availability the standard things. And if we can't do the standard things – If we can't do the traditional things right, if we can't get, you know, first steps and small things right, I don't know how we're going to get great things and big things right. And it just seems we're leapfrogging an awful long way to simply say, well, let's just put together a Zoom call and have a constitutional convention to alter the Constitution for on on the case of election fraud. If if you think we're having a hard enough time now with the elections that we we can have some say in. And I expect that we're going to have a lot, a lot better oversight going in. I mean, listen, one of the problems, frankly, one of the problems and failures, one of the problems and failures of this past election is we weren't doing the simple, normal things. We were absent from the um, from 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 the uh, from the efforts and the uh, from the pre-election efforts, from the pre-election meetings, from the pre-election discussions of what systems we were going to use and what methods we were going to use. We didn't do the normal small work that the Democrats are very good at um, at uh, weaving their way through the entire warp and woof of the system. Let's 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 do that. Let's learn from them and do the basic stuff. Um, I'm not opposed to constitutional amendments. I just I just don't think it's as easy or as clean as um, as 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 we otherwise wish it could be. But it does raise something I did want to somehow work into this conversation or at least today's show, if you'll allow me. I was um, based on my uh, monologue talking about unconstituting ourselves uh, by um, – but by, by by starting with you know the the uh, diminution and the vitiation of the U.S. Constitution, I was rereading one of the great books on the Constitution and constitutional history, taking the Constitution seriously, by one of my favorite scholars on the Constitution, Walter Burns, and he said something really really interesting about constitutional amendments. And how we've changed this country given the magic of our Constitution. Stay tuned and when we come back I'll address that. I think you'll like it. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. I'm Seth. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. You know, my uh, welcome back. I, I promised you uh, I'd give you this magic about our Constitution. Let me do that before we're, uh, before we forget it. This is from uh, Walter Burns taking the Constitution seriously, kind of in a callback to what I said in my monologue about how important our Constitution is and how beautiful um, and, and and enduring it could be seen if you consider the facts, as Walter Burns put it. Slavery was abolished by constitutional amendment, but to do that, not one word of the pre-existing constitutional text had to be amended or deleted. Think about that. Constitutional amendments were required to remove state barriers to black and female suffrage, but not a word of the Constitution had to be changed to allow blacks and women to vote. Think about that. Women now serve in the House and Senate on the Supreme Court, and he writes, 
and will almost surely soon be elected vice president and eventually president. But to accomplish this, not one word of the Constitution had or will have to be changed. No constitutional change was was required to allow Jews or anyone else to vote or hold political office. That list could be extended. But um, the original Constitution did not speak of white and black, white and slave men and women, or Christian and Jew. Its terms were electors, citizens, members, inhabitants, officers, persons, and representatives. And um, that just shows you how beautiful the original text was and how aberrant some of the things were that we did have to write constitutional amendments two and four. I just thought that a beautiful point, and we can talk more about that if you want. I also have to get mad at my producer, Bill, I've been encouraging him to speak more on the show because he'll come in on the breaks and say things to me that, you know, it's basically what we call one at a timing. I think they are so good and insightful. I I want him to do it into the microphone, but he's shy, so we're trying to draw him out. One of them was this past break when I was making the point that it would be good if we could get the small things right before we do the huge and large things. I remember a friend of mine once said the only testing ground for the heroic is the mundane. Uh, there's an old piece of Talmudic wisdom that says one has only provided the opportunity for big things once he te- passes the test of small things. And I was saying that in the context of I just don't think we can expect to do an Article 5 constitutional amendment on the quick, not right now, not the way we're constituted. And it would be nice if we could, um, you know, just have a – have a have, win an election, and, and he said it reminded him of uh, Jim Mora speaking in uh, – who was he coaching at the time? Indiana? Was he coaching the Colts at the time, the great football coach Jim Mora? Who, by, by the way, trivia question, who was his college roommate? Come back to that. But Jim Mora <laughs> in 2001, you want to play the audio? Okay, go ahead. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> right, 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 right. Let's um, constitutional amendment. I, I just, I just hope we can. I just hope we can, you know, do our normal election duty and uh, do what do what our 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 county party officials are supposed to be doing in observing, and monitoring, and testing, and deploying. And yeah. Two, some of the fault does belong to those who allowed to go forward unsolicited mail-in balloting, voting. You know, there was a threat to hold funds from the states that were going to do it. That threat was not followed through upon. Larry is in Phoenix. Hello, Larry. Good afternoon, sir. You a big football fan? Uh, I love football. I follow some college. I no longer support the professional league. Understood. But you know who Jim Mora was? Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. Playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> did you know that quote? Especially the high voice. I <laughs> did, love it. Did you know that quote? Oh, yeah. I'm, well, I'll be 74 this year. Oh, okay. I know that quote. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Jim Mora, who is his college roommate? Kind of fun. I'll give you a Sorry. hint. I'll give you a hint. It was a political leader who talked and sounded just like that. Oh, geez. I'm sorry. Jack Kemp. I'd Jack Kemp and Jim Moore were college roommates. Jack Kemp. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Love How funny. They sound alike. A lot alike. A lot alike. Sorry we lost him too soon. Yeah, we sure did. Jim Moore's still around, I think. I'm pretty sure. 
All right, this was a tease, Larry. i got to put you on hold because of the break. We'll come back and give it right to you, okay? You bet. We'll be right back. 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Gosh, that's funny. That song my producer went out with, he thought of a show from the 70s, 80s called Hello, Larry, with McLean Stevenson as a radio host whose name was Larry Alder, which is making me question everything that happens on this network from 6 to 9 p.m. now. Also, why doesn't Larry Elder use that as his theme music? Larry Alder, talk show host, a lot to be asked. Larry in Phoenix is with us. Hello, Larry. And I am your elder, though. That's fair enough. There you go. Hey, I've been meaning to honestly email you on this proposal, but what brought it up was uh, the previous caller's uh, uh, desire and want for a constitutional convention, which the thoughts of it all are grandiose, And but, uh, you know, the, our government has a real problem just getting, as you said, simple things done, much less something as complex as that. Uh, so my proposal was, and it was brought up when Ted, Ted Cruz's uh, Supreme Court plea that Texas was injured by what had happened in Pennsylvania. And when the Supreme Court said he didn't have standing, you know, he wasn't a, 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 a citizen of Pennsylvania, had no, no rights there. So to me, trying to affect the state through the courts was over. So my thought was simply... The presidential election is a federal office. And as far as I'm concerned, county, state officials, state laws are all meant for the state when it comes to voting for dog catchers, senators, representatives, but not presidents. In my opinion, now we need two elections with sets of rules. The state can have all the rules it wants for its own constituents. And it's the people they're electing. But when it comes to the president, which affects all of us, we have to have recourse if there's a problem. And I'm, I just throw that out there in that that way the federal government can set the guidelines that you have to be a citizen, you have to have an ID card, you have to have all of the things that we want. to to and out, But also, if there's a problem, there has to be recourse for every citizen. And so that's... It's a frustration, but I, I think it's something that would resolve possibly this, this situation that we're in, trying to deal with 50 different states and all of the territory to get them all on the same page. Yeah, so as I understand it, uh, Larry, as I understand Article 1, Section 4 of the Constitution when it comes to elections, uh, it's, it's, it's vested at first instance – with the states, which is why there was such a hullabaloo about the Pennsylvania state legislature having, you know, control and it being usurped, right? But but Congress may pass laws and rules um, uh, that 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 also can affect elections. It's the, primarily the role of the state, but with permission given to Congress to do so as well. So, 
your proposal would be federal legislation. Is is, is that what you're suggesting with regard well, exclusively to the presidency, or how, how are you stating it? Only Yes, it would only affect the presidential election. And not senators words, and representatives. Nothing nothing to do with the state. The state can all the rules they want. Yeah. They can have... Well, I don't, I don't know that anything... Pro- <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. I don't... <clears throat> sorry. Small wrong. I don't think anything prevents that from happening except that we don't have Congress right now. Well, but then again, okay, especially coming out with uh, the president's uh, preference rating today of 48% and only and 45% are dissatisfied or, or like him as far as women go, uh, he's not doing real well and all these all these people, senators and uh, and uh, congressmen alike are having are going to have elections in 2 years. And uh, I, I believe that if, in fact, they're so sincere about wanting this to work, you're not going to change anything for the state. You're just going to be looking at the presidential election. And I, I, I just I think it's I think it's it's something to be pursued that really can be done and could find a lot of support. This way, there's no threat to the state. I'm with you on that. I just, I just, what, am I misreading you and thinking when it can be done? I just don't think it can be done under these, under Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Well, at the same time, yeah. okay, putting the pressure on Nancy Pelosi, who hasn't got much of a string left, and I'm talking about in longevity and or in who she can support her uh, with radical, radical means. If you don't, you got to start somewhere, but you have to start something with something that can be done. Oh, I'd propose it right away. Quickly. Sure, sure. I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for throwing everything at the wall right now. Sure. Yeah. And I, and and to me, when people see that 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 what had happened, if we believe it's true in in Pennsylvania, all of us, you know, everybody was injured by it. Yeah. Whether of course, no, of course. This not. was that several, what injured. was it, 17 states signed on to this one piece of legislation having yeah. to do with, uh, was it Michigan? I don't remember who the state targeted was. But the point was what one state, and your point, is what one state does can enfranchise or disenfranchise the entire country. And exactly. So why leave it in the hands of the state? I, I'm, or with, the you. President I'm, I'm with you on the principle. I am. Yeah. And, that, and like I say, I, I don't know the legality. Your article, but but that point is. I, I don't think anything done. prevents it. I don't think anything yeah. prevents it. No, not not as uh, I read I think things. That's, yeah, that's the biggest hurdle. Can you do it or not? You can. Then again, like as far as said, I as far as uh, I understand the Constitution, you can. The Congress can enact laws, which is why we have these so, debates about national voter ID and stuff. Doctor East, Eastman was there, and I couldn't ask him. Yeah, no, he's. I'm gonna. Ha- I'll have him back. I want to hear him out hey. on on the point he was asked to. Uh, actually talk about it, the Federalist Society at ASU, which was executive power in a time of pandemic. I want to hear him out on that. By the way, just a, a thought on Nancy Pelosi's power right now. I think she's more powerful than Joe Biden. You know why I think that? I was talking with someone about this today. Why hasn't Joe Biden called on her and Chuck Schumer to stop the impeachment trial? Because I don't think it's in Joe Biden's interest. Do you agree it's not in his interest for the impeachment trial to go forward. Why hasn't he called on them? You know why? I think they'd shame him. I think they think they're in charge, and I think he knows they're in charge. That's my postulate.
We're just gonna do, we're just gonna do radio theme songs. I didn't know Hello Larry. Does someone? You ought to. Will you send that over to Larry Elder and see if he knows about that? There was a talk radio TV show called Larry, uh, about a talk show host named Larry Alder. Send that over to him. Um. Yeah, I didn't get a chance. Maybe we can get to it tomorrow. Maybe I can get her on tomorrow. Heather McDonald had a great piece in the Wall Street Journal um, today on the state of policing and taking stock of the most violent of years last year. Um, it's it's well well worth uh, well worth reading. She concludes: Police aren't the problem, and the black community criminals are. The many law-abiding residents of troubled areas know this and beg for vigorous law enforcement. High-profile homicide trials of police officers will take place this year in Minneapolis, Atlanta, Louisville, Rochester. If there are acquittals, more riots, followed by an even greater shooting surge, seems likely. It's urgent that public officials stop demonizing the police. Um, The police, the Army, the National Guard... Air Force, Marines, the notion of an insurrection. It sounds like they're finally coming to terms um, with the import of what we were saying last year. It's unfortunate that they were missing in action last year as six riots a day were taking place in this country. And there are riots again taking place in this country now, particularly on the West Coast, Tacoma, Seattle. Portland. If riot control is something we care about, and it should be, it seems like an awfully good thing to unite or start uniting the country around rather than further politicizing it. Folks, thanks for giving me, uh, lending me some of your ear today. Uh, Drive carefully. Snow on the streets. My God. Until tomorrow. God bless. Class dismissed.